You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. I want to speak to you today about hope. Hope. Hope is essential. You know, this year our vision for our church is talking about essential. The church is essential. I mean, our country, what would it look like without the church? Oh my goodness. You know, I've heard people, you know, kind of complain and criticize about how their church is on every corner. I would much rather have churches on every corner than I would have bars or clubs or anything else on every corner. The church is essential. It's so important. And our involvement in the church is so important. There are just things in life that you just can't do without. You have to have food. You have to have water. And guess what? You have to have hope. Hope is vital for us. You can't live without me fishing out on a large lake. And man, we, we got out there in the middle of the lake and we were crappie fishing. Now, I, I was used to more of the bass fishing and the brim fishing, but he wanted to take me out on the lake and take me crappie fishing and let me experience catching some crappie. So we got out on this large lake and we were tight lining. And so basically what that means is, is you, you put a weight on the end of your line and you cast it out and it goes to the bottom of the lake and the wind just kind of slowly moves you across the lake and that's how you catch fish. Well, it was a beautiful day. I mean, the sun was out, the wind was just barely blowing, just enough to kind of make the boat move slow and keep your line tight. And church, I tell you, we got into an incredible school of crappie. We were catching those things left and right, and they were huge. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know for sure if they were as big as I remember them being in my mind because I was younger, but I do remember we were catching really big crappie, and, man, we were catching them left and right. Well, after we were out there for, oh, probably two hours or so, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this, this big storm blows in. I mean, it, it, it's scary. The, the clouds just all of a sudden, the sky gets dark. The wind begins to pick up. The rain starts coming down. And, and I have to tell you, I, I was getting a little nervous, a little concerned. And, and my dad looked at me and he said, well, we've got a couple options. We can, you know, reel in our lines and, and we can head out or we can stay and fish. He said, now it's not lightning. If it was lightning, we'd have to leave, but it's not. So if you want to keep fishing, I'll leave the choice up to you. Well, my answer was, I want to keep fishing, right? We were catching fish. And so my dad said, okay, here's what you need to do. You're going to have to go up to the front of the boat, grab the anchor that I have stuck up underneath there, and drop that anchor over the edge of the boat because the wind was blowing so hard now that it was beginning to push the boat in the wrong direction. So I go up to the front of the boat, and I mean, I remember grabbing an anchor. I could just barely <laughs> pick it up, and I got it kind of rested on the edge of the boat, and I threw that thing over, and man, that rope started uncoiling, and that, that anchor just kept dropping and dropping, and it finally hit the bottom of the lake, and my dad said, now tie the boat off to the anchor so that we'll be secure. And so I tied the boat off, and, and you know, we just kept fishing and kept catching lots of crappie. It was one of the most memorable days that I've ever had. But as I look back on that day, and I think about that moment, that anchor that we lowered down into the water and tied the boat off to, it kept the boat from drifting across the lake and going into a place that we didn't want to go, getting us in a place that 
we didn't need to be. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope is essential. It's an anchor for our souls. You know, when you're anchored to hope, you can overcome the storms of life that try to move your soul in a direction that you don't need to go. Just like we were on the lake that day and that storm tried to blow us to a place that we didn't need to be. Maybe even blow us into rocks, a dangerous area of the lake. No, that anchor kept us safe and secure. I'm asking you today, do you have your anchor down? Are you walking in hope? Are you trusting the Lord for what God has for your life? See, when you're anchored to hope, you can overcome the storms that try to take you out. You know, as I think back on that day and that storm that came up, you know, that was many, many years ago, and and I've been in lots of storms since. You know, I've worked camps, and we'll be out in the middle of a field with a bunch of kids, and all of a sudden a storm just blows in. I remember many times we were doing baseball practice, and all of a sudden just a storm blew in out, out of nowhere. We've probably all been there. And there's a couple of things that I know about storms that I've learned over the years. Number one, storms are inevitable. They come to everybody. Nobody's exempt from the storms that we face in life. And secondly, they're often sudden. I mean, they can just pop up out of nowhere. Just like that day that we were fishing, everything was great, everything was good, and then all of a sudden, this storm just pops up out of nowhere and catches us by surprise. But if you're anchored to hope, even though you may be in the middle of a dark storm, it won't blow you to where you don't need to go. In the Gospels, Jesus tells us a parable of two builders. There was a wise builder and there was a foolish builder. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says, anyone who listens to these teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house upon solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey is like a foolish person who builds their house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, what I want you to notice is this. The rain that came in torrents, the floodwaters that rose, the winds that beat against that house came to both the wise and the foolish builder. See, storms of life don't distinguish between a good person or a bad person, a wise person or a foolish person. No, storms come to us all. The Bible says that the same sun that melts the butter hardens the clay. That's just life. It's the way it works. The difference that determines whether or not the house stood or the house collapsed is what the builder secured the house See, it's a bedrock. It's like an anchor that keeps you from moving. That storm that my father and I were in that day, it tried to make our boat drift away. It was trying to blow us in a direction that we really didn't want to go. And the fact of the matter is, tough times, delays, disappointments, we all face them. But it's in these tough moments when nothing seems to make sense. When you pray, And it doesn't seem that God is moving 
in your life or your situation at all. Maybe when you, you become frustrated and you just want to give up, it's in these moments that you've got to make sure that you keep your anchor down, that you're anchored in the Lord. In the book of Second Kings, there's a very interesting story about the prophet Elisha and a barren woman from Shunem. I don't know if y'all have ever read this, and, and I'm not going to take time to go through the details of the whole story. If, if you want to go read it, you can go to 2 Kings chapter 4. But there, there was a, a barren woman who was married. They were fairly wealthy people, and they lived in a nice home. And from time to time, the prophet Elisha would come through their town, and, and he would need a place to eat and a place to stay. And they would always open up their home to him and let him come and stay there, and they would feed him. Well, this kind of became a regular occurrence uh, for them. And so this wife said to her husband, you know, let's make a place for this prophet of God. And every time that he comes through, he'll have a place to to stay and a a place to eat. So they built an upper room on their house. And sure enough, just like they had planned, you know, over the years, when Elisha would come through, he would stay there um, at their house. Well, one day when he was resting, He asked his young apprentice, Gehazi, to come up and uh, have her come up because he wanted to speak to the woman of the home. And when she appeared, Elijah said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern that you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? And she responded to him, no, I don't need anything. My family takes good care of me. Well, later on, he asked Gehazi, what, what can we do for her? I, I, I want to do something for her. She's been good to us. They let us stay here. I want to bless them. Gehazi told Elijah that she was barren, that she didn't have a son, and her husband was very old, so there was no possibility that they could even have children at this point in their life. So Elijah told Gehazi, go get her. Call her up here again. I want to tell her something. And so when the woman returned, Elijah said to her, she stood in the doorway. Next year, at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. Wow, what amazing news. What exciting, incredible news. Something probably that she had prayed about many times that she was believing God for to happen. It's finally happened. Yet, I want you to notice how she responded to Elisha. Here's what she said. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Now, there's a lot that you can read into the response that this lady had. Obviously, she'd been praying for a very long time. She had hopes and dreams that she would have a child that had never come to pass. And now, after many, many years, she had given up on that dream. In other words, that dream had died. And so what she did, like many people do, is she took that disappointment, she boxed it up, she took it up into the attic of her mind, and she moved it way, way back in the back so that it would be out of sight, out of the way. She didn't have to think about it. She didn't have to deal with the disappointment, with the unfulfilled dream in her life. And now Elisha comes along, and he's asking her to resurrect something that she's since buried. 
You know, I don't think that that lady realized at the time that Elisha came when he was just eating meals there, what all God had in mind. Maybe even Elisha didn't even know what all God had in mind. But see, God was on a divine assignment in her life. He was way ahead of her. Even prayers that she had prayed years and years ago that she had given up on. God heard that prayer the minute that it left her mouth. And God bottled that prayer and he waited on it for the right moment at the right time in the right season. Now, it's way past the time that she thought. As a matter of fact, in the natural, it was absolutely impossible for that to happen. There's no possible way that that could come about. Clearly, clearly, God was doing a miracle in her life. She had experienced this disappointment in her life. She prayed and prayed and prayed. Nothing was any different. We've all been there. And if you haven't, you probably will be at some point in time. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. See, in essence, what she did is she took that unfulfilled dream and she buried it. She didn't realize that God was bringing Elisha through to resurrect what she had given up on. I'm asking you today, just like this woman who had this barren womb and an unfulfilled dream she had buried in her life. I'm asking you today, what have you buried in your life? What dream did God give you three years ago, five years ago, 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago? A dream, a desire that you wanted to see fulfilled in your life. What is it today? Just like this woman, she allowed hopelessness and defeat to still her dream. Maybe you have a dream. It looks impossible. Maybe in the natural, it doesn't seem like there's any possible way that that could ever, ever come about. But see, if you're anchored in hope, if you're trusting in God's word and in God's promises in your life, the scripture says that what's impossible for man is possible through God. It's amazing. We've all read stories in the Bible of God doing miracles. We've seen people experience miracles. We've even personally had miracles happen in our own lives. There's always something that's going to tempt us to pull up our anchor. I'm asking you today, do you have your anchor now? See, if you pull it up, you'll drift into unbelief. You'll drift into bitterness. You'll drift into discouragement. You'll drift into self-pity. See, we were on that lake that day, and that storm came up. We didn't have our anchor down. All of a sudden, boy, that storm started moving us. It was moving us out of the sweet spot that we needed to be. I remember my dad telling me, you got to get that anchor down. you got to get it down quick, because if not, it's going to move us out of the school of where the fish are. There was a certain spot that we needed to be. And I remember that because we had fished for hours. We weren't catching anything over here. But when we moved into that right spot, we began to catch them. See, there's a place that God wants to bring us to. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. God's going to bring you to that place 
over time. But during that time, you're probably going to experience some storms. You know, when we put that anchor down, that didn't keep our boat from rocking. The, it didn't stop the waves. It didn't stop the wind. The wind was still coming. The boat was still rocking. Those things were still happening. Yet the difference was we were secure. We weren't moving into a place that we didn't need to go. Like I said, in the natural, it doesn't look possible, but God can do the impossible. Today, I'm telling you, get your hopes up. When that man came to that woman, she had buried that dream. Oh, no, man of God, don't get my hopes up. No, what God wants you to do today is God wants you to get your hopes up. God wants you to resurrect maybe a dream or a desire or a hope that you had at one point in time in your life that maybe you've given up on. God wants you to bring that back to life. Years ago, um, when I first started coming to this ministry, we looked a lot different <laughs> than we do now. It's a very interesting looking place. Uh, we've come a long ways, let me just say that. We've come a long ways. Well, one thing, we didn't have nearly the land that we have now. Uh, years ago, obviously, this building wasn't here. I think this building's been here since uh, uh, 2011. So about 10 years we've been here in this building. But this building wasn't here. Our youth center wasn't here. Um, our internship dorms weren't here. There were so many things that weren't here simply because we didn't, have, we didn't own any of this property. All we had was what was over here. And, and I remember as I was moving up in my, my maturity in the Lord and, and taking on more roles here in the church and began to move into a, a pastoral role. And Tim and I began to talk about, you know, wouldn't it be great if if we had more property and w- so that we could build a church and, and, and touch more people. And it, it was just a dream that we had. But, but the first thing that had to happen is we had to have land. And so we began to talk about, all right, we're going to pray for land because at that time, Warehouser, a timber company, owned all of this land out here in this area and for pine trees. So we began to pray, and, and over many years of prayers, we found out that the timber company was selling off a lot of their land. And so we talked to them about the property, and, and sure enough, there were 17 acres that was coming available right next to our ministry. And we told them, we want it. And so we were able to get this land that we're on right now for many, many years. We didn't have the land. We were locked in. There was only so much that we could do. But by praying and believing God something that didn't even seem possible, didn't seem like that that could ever happen. God opened the door for that to happen for us, and now we have a building sitting right here on this property. You know, as exciting as that is, and as much as a miracle that was, when we got this land, one of the big problems was the piece of property that this building is built on was a swamp. I mean, literally, you've Some of y'all heard our lead pastor say that before, but he used to hunt rabbits right here in this swamp. So the problem was, is you can't build a a church in a swamp. That won't work. It it had to be raised up. There had to be a lot of dirt if that was going to happen. And so I remember Tim and I talking, and we started talking about, well, we need to begin to pray for dirt. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever prayed for dirt. That's kind of a weird thing to pray for. So, you know, I'm over our internship, and, and I went to our students because we would have prayer times in the morning, and I, I, when I met with them, I said, okay, 
everybody put on your old shoes. We're going out here into the swamp to pray. And they were like, what? We're going out in the swamp to pray. And they were like, okay, well, what are we praying for? And I said, we're praying for dirt. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, no, we, we really are praying for dirt because that's what we need. We need lots and lots and lots of dirt. So I remember being out there with them praying for dirt and for months praying for dirt. And after a, a period of time, I really don't know how long it was. It was several months at least. Um, we had a, a couple that bought some property over across from our church out here on Highway 7 North, and they were building a large pond. They had a lot of dirt that they needed to move off of their property. Well, they happened to start, just so happened, to start going to our church. And they just so happened to say, do you need dirt? And they just so happened to say, well, we want to pay to have all that dirt hauled over here into this swamp that you have where you want to have a church. And so they begin to haul that dirt load after load after load after load. Well, it was a lot of dirt, but we still needed a whole lot more. And so you know what Tim and I did? We just kept praying. People that we know in our church, we just kept praying. Well, it wasn't but a few months later, all of a sudden, the Arkansas Highway Department began a road widening project right out here at the end of Brook Hill Ranch Road. And they had tons and tons of dirt that they were going to have to move and relocate. And guess what? Our church was the closest location for them to dump that dirt. So after they did some studies to make sure we weren't going to endanger any lizards or anything like that, we got the, we got the permit, and they literally hauled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of free loads of dirt right here on our property, and every bit of that was filled in, and now our church is here. Isn't that an awesome miracle? It's an awesome miracle. It was an impossibility for us. We didn't have the money, and who wants to pay money for dirt? I mean, I get paying money for concrete and money for chairs and money for lights and money for the air, but for dirt? Nobody wants to pay money for dirt, but I mean, that was something that had to happen, and God worked that miracle for us. But see, when you're tied to hope, you pray, you trust, you persevere, you don't give up. My question today is for you churches, do you have your anchor down? Are you still praying? Are you still believing? Are you still trusting? I want to remind you today that we serve a miracle-working God. I want to remind you today that we serve a miracle-working God. I want to remind you today, come on, that we serve a miracle-working God. There's not anything that God can't do in your life. Nothing. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37 God gives Ezekiel, the prophet, a vision. A very interesting vision that he gives him. I want to read a few verses for you. It goes like this. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried by the Spirit, by the Lord, into a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, 
Can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say this, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body, they begin to come together, attach themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones and skin formed over their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. O son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies and make them live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood to their feet in a great army. God took something that was absolutely impossible and made it possible. And it was a very important vision for Ezekiel because God had a call in his life that he wanted him to accomplish, but he needed to let, let Ezekiel realize and see what God is capable of doing in a life, in the world. This was something that he couldn't see. And many of you are here today and you're in a fight. In your heart, you want to ring the bell. But in your spirit, you have this, this sense of a deeper resilience down there inside of you. You may have no reason or no sign in the natural to be hopeful. You don't see anything that could possibly make that come about, that dream be fulfilled. Maybe it's for a healing. Maybe it's for a, a, a breakthrough from addiction. Maybe it's for you to have a, a new relationship so you can enter into a lifelong commitment with a new mate. And I know it's difficult to open up the attic and to go way back into your mind and have to unpack something that a long time ago you believed for, but since, because of disappointments, because of setbacks, because of, you know, discouragement has come against you, you just gave up. But that's exactly what I'm asking you to do today, church. I'm asking you, climb up in there, pull that thing back out. Revive your hope, stir it up, the Bible says, and believe God again. If God can put flesh on dry bones... If God can heal a blind man, if God can put a coin in a fish's mouth to pay someone's taxes, how much more can God do for you what God wants to do in your life? Don't put your hope in your circumstances. Circumstances can change. Don't put your hope in people. They can let you down. No, put your hope in God. Let your anchor be in what God says in his word. See, sometimes when God places a seed of hope in you, it's a promise that he planted in you. 
I'm going to say that again. Sometimes when God places a seed of hope in you, it's a promise that he planted in you. So you can't allow people to talk you out of it. He didn't plant that in them. He planted that in you. So you got to be careful sometimes because you'll begin to share a vision or a dream or a desire that, that you have in your heart that you want to see happen, but because that person doesn't have that revelation, they may try to discourage you. They may even tell you that that's not even possible. Your hope is to live addiction-free. Your hope is to pay your house off at an accelerated pace. Your hope is to start a new business or to get a new relationship, discover a new friendship. See, you got to put your hope in the Lord. you got to put your trust in God. I'm often reminded of Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. I love reading about it simply because Joseph was a very young man when God gave him some pretty crazy dreams. Dreams that were so beyond anything that Joseph, at the point that he received them, couldn't even imagine happening. And so Joseph, he shares these dreams of of leadership and these lofty visions that God had given him. He shared it with his brothers, and, you know, they didn't really receive it all that well. They thought that he was being self-righteous and cocky, trying to exalt himself above his brothers and They became very jealous. He even told his family, and, you know, nobody even believed him. His own mother and father didn't even believe him. His whole family said, there's no way that that can can happen, Joseph. And then after he received those dreams, his brothers, they, they found a pit and they threw him in it. Lied about him, told his father that he'd been eaten by a wild animal, and left him there. Well, as he was in that pit, he couldn't get out. This traveling caravan came along. They took Joseph and made him a slave, carried him off into a whole other country, into Babylon. It's a terrible thing that happened in Joseph's life, very discouraging, very difficult, very, very hard. And then Joseph was put in charge of a few things, but then he was falsely accused. He was thrown into prison, left there for two years, seemingly forgotten. But then ultimately, after many, many years... He was vindicated, and his dream was fulfilled. And God used Joseph to be the redeemer and basically the savior of his family when the drought came that destroyed the land. You know, as I think about that story, I always try to encourage myself. We all have things that we are believing God for, Promises that maybe we got several years ago or a word that was spoken over us 10 or 15 or even longer. And it just seems like there's no possible way that that can come about. Maybe an area that we're trying to walk in victory and we just can't seem to get the upper hand. But I love reading stories like this in the Bible because it inspires me. It reminds me, is my anchor now? Am I putting my hope in the Lord or am I putting my hope in circumstances or people? As a matter of fact, Joseph could have become very bitter. He could have been mad at God. He could have given up, thrown in the towel and quit. But that wasn't what he did. As a matter of fact, when they threw Joseph in prison, he wasn't a prisoner of those bars in that cell. No, he was a prisoner of hope. See, he put his hope 
in the Lord and what God had spoke to him. And then later on, when God fulfilled his dreams and his promises, I remember Joseph saying to his brothers, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. What is it today in your life? What are you facing? What are you dealing with? What are you believing God for? I'm going to ask you today, is your anchor down? See, don't let temptations and struggles and problems and storms cause you to pull your anchor up. No, you got to keep your anchor down. Me and my dad were out there in that lake. Man, we were in the sweet spot. And as long as we kept anchored, as long as we stayed tied off, we were catching those fish. But had we pulled our anchor up, see, the winds and the storm would have blown us to a place where we probably couldn't even have gotten in trouble, maybe even harmed or hurt. Listen, you may say today, well, Paul, you know, what if it doesn't happen? What if what I'm praying about and believing God for doesn't come to pass? Well, my response is, what if it does? I can tell you this, if you pull your anchor up, it won't. But if you trust God and you leave it down, even when you're going through tough times, I promise you, God will be faithful and he will see you through. Don't allow disappointment to stop you. A divorce, a setback, discouragement, a sickness. These are all kinds of things that we face. All of us come and encounter storms in our life. When life throws you a curve, you don't you dare pull your anchor up. Keep your anchor down. Keep your hope in the Lord. And as you do, as you trust in God and you keep your anchor down, then you empower God in his word to move in your life, to work a miracle, to do things that in the natural don't even seem like they could be even a possibility. But like I said before, we serve a God that can do the impossible. Today, I want to encourage you, keep your anchor down, trust in God, and keep your faith in him. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand with me this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, we put our trust in you. God, we put our faith in you. And Lord, we keep our hope anchored in you. Lord, today, all throughout this room, those watching on the live stream, those listening to the podcast, Lord, right now, we just take a moment. What is it in your life as you're here, as you're listening? What is it? I don't know what it is, but God knows what it is. You know what it is. I'm asking you to resurrect it. Believe again, trust again, hope again. Get your hopes up, stir up your heart. Believe God for that thing. Begin to, begin to trust God once again. God can do things far and exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ever ask or imagine. And God, we want to be people who will trust you, who will believe in you, who will have confidence in you that, God, that you're able to do what you say you will do. Now, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just release an anointing of faith. I release an anointing of hope. I release encouragement to the people that are listening. And, God, I pray that you revive, just like you did those dead bones. God, that you breathe life back into your people. You breathe hope back into our hearts. And, God, help us once again to position ourselves 
to anchor ourselves in hope and to trust you and believe you for the things that you want to accomplish in our lives and in the lives of our family and our children. God, we love you and we praise you and we honor you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.